the recovery revolution will be podcast on the since right now addiction recovery network welcome to the since right now addiction recovery podcast the podcast of clean and sober k-l-e-n and s-o-b-r and SinceRightNow.com with your hosts yeah. in recovery, yeah. Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Yeah, I can hear me. Okay. Yeah, tell me. Okay. How's it going? Good. Yeah. Second cheers. Boys sound like you had fun last week. Yeah, we did. It, it was a it was a good good chat. Good. Somehow we filled uh, forty five minutes an hour. Good. Um, yeah, the, we there was uh, there was some news. I yeah, there's some follow up. Yeah, we got through it. Good. Um, no, we didn't get through. I mean, we we did well. Yeah. We had some interesting uh, interesting feedback from the listeners. Okay, um, I think they're used to us being late. They're they're straggling in. I think. Okay. Um, and what was the feedback? Or as we as we were um, podcasting, somehow we started talking about different paths to recovery. I think, and mm-hmm. one of our listeners, one of our live listeners, um, had been part of. Uh, I don't know if it's ongoing. I, th- I think it's ongoing. Part of a, a trial using psilocybin oh, yeah. to treat alcoholism. Wow! And they're actually when was this? La- like, uh, last uh, last episode when Matt and I were talking. Oh, when's the trial? Yeah, when was ongoing. The tri- so it's like right now. Yeah, and wow. they say it's worked. Wow! As far as as far as I know, we're going to talk more about it, and I think they're either going to write something for us okay. or come on the show. Oh, nice! And talk about it. Okay. Um, and uh, I think they just got the okay from the people running the trial from the and doctors. Psilocybin is LSD, or it's no, in the same family. It's the active uh, chemical, I think, in, in shrooms, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, because have you? Okay, so on Amazon. They launched the Grateful Dead documentary. Oh, right. That's just so there's like four hours. And they go back to the first early days. Acid and mushrooms were a big part of the Grateful Dead right. scene, right? So I'm watching Probably. this and I'm thinking, God, I really want some yeah. acid and mushrooms. Like, I, I remember that. It's fun. It sounds fun and they're making it fun. And they got King Keezy mm-hmm. and the Merry Pranksters and how yeah. they all met. And it's just awesome. So it's funny that you say that. And and they all started this, basically the CIA right. used it on soldiers uh, to see if somehow, I don't know, take away fear, who knows what they were trying to do, but they had all these funny films of soldiers trying to do drills on acid. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's hilarious. crazy. So that's, that's so fascinating yeah. that, that that drug for mushrooms makes you, somehow it, it allows you... To not feel depressed or not want to have alcohol, we don't know. No, I, I'm not sure how it works. I yeah. think we, we hopefully we'll get some more okay. information one way or another. Like I said, either through a, a post, an yeah. article, yeah. Um, or um, by this person joining us on the show. Um, wow. Yeah, I think somehow it must react act on your neurotransmitters and yeah. receptors, right? Yeah, yeah. To shut something off or turn something on. Wow. That, that but uh, you know it's controlled dosage in the clinical environment. Right. Yeah, you're not shrooming just, right. like for every day. Right. Like because I'm like there are pl- 
plenty of alcoholics that are into shrooms. Totally. I mean, I, I was. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could drink like a fish right. on mushrooms. Um, if you're trying to drink more, that was a so, good thing so to I, take. I don't think you can self-medicate your way out of alcoholism <laughs> with shrooms. Um, so don't think that if you're sitting yeah. out there like, oh, let's take some more mushrooms. That's not. That's probably not yeah. the trial. I don't think that's how it works. Well, because they're doing the same thing with, uh, is it shrooms? I forget. I, I mentioned it last episode, but uh, a controlled dosage of, I think it may be shrooms again. Well, not shrooms. It's psilocybin. Okay. Um, controlled dosage of psilocybin can alleviate, not not just alleviate, but but cure, essentially, depression. Wow. See, I could, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, like I could see that because it's it's a euphoric sort of thing. Right, and if you did just a bit of it, yeah, kind of level you up or something, right? Something, but it's like a lasting, yeah, long term effect. I know. Do you, does that? Do you have any fear of that? Like taking pills or taking like? Does that scare you? If if it could, no. I mean, we talked about it last episode. Yeah. If if that's a trial, I'd be willing to be okay. part of. So I would check that out. Gladly, um, you know, be relieved of depression for an extended period of time if i meant yeah you know yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know maybe we'll find out more again when we talk to this uh this person that's awesome this person um but i i don't think you do any tripping yeah you know? yeah um right although matt and i were talking about you know what if i if i went back yeah. you know if i went back to do anything it wouldn't be alcohol that's not what totally. interests me i don't I agree i don't think like man i'd love to agree i would never think i'd love to have a drink occasionally i'm like eh, it'd be kind of fun to to trip or, yes it would know, um, i'm with you i was watching that um, dead thing and i was yeah. like this this sounds really right. fun like cuz most of my acid trips were really fun yeah i, I never had a bad acid I, I, I didn't either and it, the only reason yeah. i quit cuz i quit everything and just right. I, exactly and you just can't do that right um, um, but yeah, it's funny. Like I never had a problem with the yeah. acid other than just balls out fun, <laughs> but you can't, you know, like yeah. I'm not, but that's not, but an I'm glad it's not around yeah, here. Right. I'm glad not I can't get it. Right. Not an endorsement people. We're just no. saying, um, <laughs> that yeah. And what's interesting though is shrooms is, I did have like trips where I just would freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily bad, but just like overly paranoid completely or just go batshit, you know, like. End up like, like climb, wild like, or yeah, yeah like end up in shit. A, up a tree like thirty <laughs> feet up a tree yeah like thinking they're trying to be quiet because the cops were coming right you know and, and it's there's like, no cops, there no cops. but I'm like up in a tree that's, that's <laughs> like so funny. Shh, shh, the cops are coming yeah yeah you know like thinking they're down you know and I'm yeah. just like that's not exactly fun no you know yeah um that's funny but uh, yeah no acid was always fine all right um, but not anymore no not anymore Mm-mm. um. So anyway, that that was that. I, I was really gratified. I was really interested because I, I very much um, like the feedback we're getting. And again, it's you know usually our, our live listeners have been a handful. Um, you know, like five to mm-hmm. a dozen. Yeah, and but they're a great bunch, and they're um, you know they 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 throw throw stuff out there which yeah. I, I like to be able to respond to that and totally. I, i'm just trying to do more of that um when they're on right now we're that's interactive that's interactivity yeah yeah and so you know i encourage anybody that listens to us recorded as we greatly appreciate that because mm-hmm. that is where the, the bulk of our listeners come from but come check out a live episode sometime on a wednesday night at 8 p.m central and uh participate yeah. and participate yes. yeah 
Um, so uh, having said that, I haven't mentioned in a while that there are a bunch of other great shows. I think most of them, I could be wrong. I've been really out of touch in general, but I think the bulk of them are on hiatus right now. Um, some never to return, some to return soon. Um, and uh, But uh, there are a bunch of great shows on the, the since right now dot network. Please continue to check those out. Even you know, even the the back, what's the archived episodes? Yeah, the yeah, there's great stuff there. Totally. Um, so let's see what we were we were talking about. Yeah. So I I had a little thing. I read this. This is an interesting topic. Are we ready for this? Yeah. Let's go. Thought? Okay. Um, I was reading this article. I can't remember what magazine I was reading. I think it was an Esquire. I was on vacation last week. They had a bunch of Esquires up at the place. And it was an article on the happiest man in the world. And it was this monk from the U.S. who had gone and studied in Nepal. And he had gotten this label because he wrote this book on happiness. And one of the, you know, a lot of what he was doing was things that we all read about of how to be happy. But it was there was one comment that struck me, and I thought it was an interesting one. It was he. He was he had sort was tired of self help and this whole industry of self help because in his view, and he wasn't obviously putting any of it down, but it sort of led to this narcissism and this continuous look at yourself. And the way to happiness is through compassion and helping others, um, and finding something in that. And sort of in AA, it would be the twelfth step that you move on to, and and you put your energy into that. So, but I think, but I'm curious about that because I always think I can get into self help <laughs> like a lot, right? I'm happy to spend time like dawdling in the the pool of reading self help books and you know all this kind of power of now and all these things, and and I wonder just what what the thoughts of like. Is, is it too much? Have you crossed the line? Is that just as narcissistic and just as self-focused as, you know, the thinking of when you're, when you're an alcoholic and you're just so into your own little thing? Does it sort of replace that? But I thought it was interesting, and I just didn't know the answer to that. But anyway, I thought that was just sort of self-help industry as a whole versus, you know, something. Yeah. Well, you know me. And so, well, me and self-help, self-help are... Not well acquainted. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could probably benefit from a, some of it. Everybody, I guess everybody could from some of it. But yeah. when it comes to the, the self-help industry, the commoditization of yeah. helping oneself as yeah. opposed to just, you know, helpful tips or something. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm just not into it. You know, to me, it's, it all comes down to those quotes on... Instagram, you know, that's yeah, to yeah. me is is the distillation of the industry is just something that you can put on, distill to a quote that you can post on Instagram, and it just it's to me it's cloying. But uh, what I was going to say is, uh, so yeah, no, I, I I do think, I do think that people can get wrapped up in pursuing it. In in a, in a way that is, if not addictive, it's just sort of um, compulsive. Yeah, you know, it's not. It, I don't know if the return on investment is is really there. Or the it, I think it's diminishing returns is what it is. I think yeah. there's only so much you can learn that 
eventually doesn't repeat itself or is just the same thing rephrased it you know but do you, way. do you think looking like doing a fourth or fifth step or going and doing an inverter constantly looking at your faults or or part or that is that part of it too do you know what i'm saying like versus no. just being completely uh not even worrying about that and and shattering your ego yeah. and helping others is what this guy ultimately said, which is what you the advice you get in all of this stuff is you have to kill your ego, right? Or you have to right. destroy this thing that is your ego. I think there's it. a lot of value in that. Yeah. I think I need that. Right. <laughs> that, that, I, that I need. I do think uh, the fourth step, which is the fourth? The fourth is the inventory. Inventory. Just, yeah, yeah, and I think everyone does it. It's good to do it. I think there's Absolutely. value in that. I totally. Think, um I could also benefit from that, which is is. Uh, I mean, those are s- much more simple tools I th- to me. Yeah. Maybe not to do, but then when I think of the the grander self help industry, they're different. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, I sorry, I'm also looking for it. the McSweeney's had said something about uh, basically a. Self help addict, <laughs> right? They had a piece just last Cause week because you can be, yeah. About you know, and all their stuff is very, you know, very McSweeney's ask. I'll, I'll see if I can find it, post a link, but um, but yeah, I was talking about mm-hmm. that in a you know, in the voice of this, what gets posted on McSweeney's about being addicted to self help, and uh, it turns around and it's somebody in the person writing about how they've cured themselves of, have, of being addicted to self-help are selling their self-help cure, cure to <laughs> cure yourself. And do they point out that irony or is it? No, it's just, you know. It's just the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. That is but, so funny. But it, it was interesting. Yeah, the, the simple path to happiness that this monk was in his book, and I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying it, but it was a lot of um, basing your life on having a compassion just mm. a real compassion for other people and getting outside of yourself which is a lot of what recovery is mm. right a lot of what recovery mm. ultimately is is trying to quit thinking so much about yourself right and and thinking of, of anyway and that's to me why i still continuously go to meetings is because you get to hear other people's mm. stories and you feel better you just mm-hmm. sort of can help others and feel you know but it, yeah, I think I think there's a real fine line between over-examination mm. and getting caught in that, and I don't know. And the just the the distinction that I've been thinking about recently, and part of it's because this, this video showed up like twice in the past week, I think, on my Facebook feed. Yeah, about this guy talking about the path to happiness is 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 basically service. So right. serving others. Yeah, and or. or so it's only part of the step mm-hmm. to say not to get out of your own head and stop thinking about yourself. Yeah, yeah. But you have to, re- unless you replace it with something, yeah. it's, it's think about other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, to a large degree, this doing all this has helped me mm-hmm. get out of my own head. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah. The, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I totally agree. It has. So you and but you have an ebb and flow. I do, yeah. And and I'm I'm having trouble figuring out how to re-engage. Like I'm just I'm so much less engaged in the social media aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm trying to figure that out. Um, you know, I think there are elements of social media, and you know, I think anybody that says social media and and human behavior will tell you that there are elements of social media that will make you less happy. You yes. know, you're looking at Facebook too much, you totally. get less happy because everybody puts their best selves on Facebook. Yeah. So you think everybody has a much better life totally. and is doing much cooler shit. Yeah. Well, it um, was funny. This guy was talking about his his drinking career and how he was such a liar and he always tried to present himself as this different person when he was drinking and I'm sitting there thinking like that's Facebook right like welcome to our society yeah <laughs> exactly know? yeah so you, you just think every, you know yeah you're sitting there looking at everybody else's great lives and yeah. yours is shitty but the reality is you know everybody's putting their absolute best moments on Facebook not yeah um, and then uh, but, I just, so what like, is that what is that where we surf scroll through facebook and get pissed off <laughs> and does everyone or is it just you and i i don't, I don't think everyone <laughs> um i think there are plenty of people i think there are plenty of people just on, on online in general that that look at anything that's put out there that it's where you can vent in yeah. you know yeah um anonymity but there's also something recently that came out like they've they there's some study discovered that the absolute worst social media platform for your mental health yeah is instagram really yeah it, it, and uh um, wow and what was the i, I think it's it's the ex- the extreme version of what facebook does i mean you, yeah. it's everybody posting their perfect pr- most perfect pics yeah. their you know most perfect yeah. you know quotes and it's just everything about instagram is yeah um you know working out mm-hmm. looking you know whatever yeah. looking their best um acting their best and um yeah i mean i've had to check out and i re- i found this after i checked out of instagram to a large degree mm-hmm. um i mean i i like using it creatively mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. i just you know in general I've, I've checked out i've checked out of uh you know to a large degree twitter for the past few months yeah um and Instagram, much more so than Twitter, even. Wow! And I'm just trying to figure out wh- how how to balance it. How to balance it, yeah. As because it, it's not as me, but mm-hmm. as these, you know, as clean and sober, and since right now, right, is 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 what I have to figure out how best to use it as because, um, yeah, as as an individual, it's yeah. just I just don't I, I'm over. It's it. tough. <laughs> yeah, God, that's crazy. Um, that's so, so funny. Well, it's uh, it, so so the monk said that yes, the social media obsession is not going to lead us to happiness. No, right, right. It's just not going to right. make you happy. And it's funny. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I don't know why. I compulsively check mm, it just because whatever. It's mm. and it's the same two stories, mm. like eight ways to be a better leader, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of the ultimate self help book for business people. Mm-hmm. So you could totally be a narcissistic person in business right. and just get into that and mm-hmm. totally focus on you, your career, how you can get ahead, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. So I'd, and compare yourself to everybody else right. and then there's all, whatever. And then yeah, Facebook a little bit. But yeah, that's just not there's no no satisfaction, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing there that that you take away and feel and you, there's lots. There are a few moments for your friends that you're very right. happy for them, but right. there's a lot of just like, oh my god, shit yeah. that pisses you off. And then I've never was into Twitter, but I've heard that's the worst. Like a little bit of crack with the bings and the tweets and the mm. fast moving. Mm. 
not, yeah, addictive. Yeah, yeah, to some degree. And, I, you know, I, I do miss some of that. When I very first started doing this, you know, it's where I met a lot of great yeah, people. Exactly. And, and I still like all those people. Right. But I've lost my capacity to, like, engage easily yeah. on Twitter. Why is that? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I think... Compassion. I, oh, what? Did I lack it? You know that you've lost it. No, I haven't lost the compassion. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure because, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I think some of it is... I actually think legitimately some of it's like dopamine related. Like, you yeah. know, there's there was like a rush and a yeah. and a sort of reward yeah. to you know, getting to know people and, and, and sort of there's a progression to it, you know, as you make connections and you build new connections and at a certain point, you know, now it's unwieldy and there's so many you know, and there mm-hmm. there was a manageable I felt like number of people. Um and I think it's my own sense that somehow I have to engage with everybody. Uh huh. If I'm going to engage with any anybody, okay. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. And uh, so I'm just I decide not to engage with any right cause, anybody lately because it's just over, right now I'm a bit overwhelmed. Right. Right. By it all, by all all of social media, um, and just trying to figure out what to do with it for the next year. You know, as we yeah. sort of you know we're I keep mentioning it every episode we're we're coming up on having been doing this for three years mm-hmm. um apparently we're going to do it for a fourth because my wife just redid the studio and it looks many amazing of you heard last episode she did a killer job. um just i i, I think i'd she, post that picture again yeah yeah i should um it looks amazing but uh yeah it was just a very out of surprise do you think gesture. that recovery promises happiness no you know what's interesting who was I? I was somebody. I was just looking at Twitter today, um, and somebody tweeted something like, "I've never met the person who got sober and had the perfect happy, yeah, happy, happily ever after ending, where everything goes perfect." Something right. like I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's absolutely the truth. I used to like be so afraid to say that, like right. when I was very new to this, doing this podcast. Like, yeah, you can't say that. You have to act like getting sober is it and yeah, your life yeah. is perfect right, you right. Know, it's best decision you ever made but the reality is it only allows you That's, it allows you a chance at a life right but it doesn't yeah. it does not make life yeah any easier but, well it, no it makes life easier definitely makes you makes your ability to interact with life easier yes it does not make the life coming at you any easier because it's that you can't right. control anything but you right um and uh but yeah no re- recovery does not it can't promise happiness. Right. It is interesting. And I think, uh, but I think as the older I, I, the older I get, the more I really want to read these books and find out these ways that people are happy. And I think my definition of what happiness is, is skewed because it's, it's a uh, quick reward. You know, I think pleasure mm. and happiness, I get those confused. Mm-hmm. And I think that things that are pleasurable mm. are the things I have to continue to do. And that's the road to happiness. But mm. it's not true. Mm-hmm. But f- that's the way you've lived for so long. It's mm. hard to look at it and find out, like, 
happiness is is different than that and mm-hmm. it's deeper than that mm-hmm. right because it's it's family time and kids and things mm-hmm. that you've done that make you that just give you a sense of mm-hmm. contentment right right you know there's goofy laughter but right. then there's real happiness right and I, and those are different right well yeah and what i think is even the nuance in that the, the word that resonates with me is contentment yeah because and i've said this before on the show um about 10, 11, maybe a year into my sobriety, mm-hmm. I experienced this sensation that I did not recognize. I didn't know what it was. Right. I couldn't figure it out. And probably took me like, I feel like it took me like a few days or a week to figure out what <laughs> I was feeling. And it was contentment. That's hilarious. It wasn't happiness. Right. It wasn't ecstasy. It wasn't joy. Yeah. It was contentment yeah, i was I, just okay yeah, I and it was i i never t- felt that I've, and I've, i'd never i didn't recognize it right. i may have, i don't know i may have felt it at some point but um <laughs> that's and, funny how long uh, was this in your sobriety about, about 10 okay no no months oh 10 months okay 10 months yeah, 11 yeah. months 12 months yeah in and uh okay and for the longest time i'm and I probably still would be. I just don't remember the sensation because I'm not content anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was convinced that was the best sensation ever. That's cool. Because it it was just yeah. okay. It was yeah. being okay right. with everything, with yeah. who you are, what you were doing. Yeah. All the decisions you've wanting made. Wanting for nothing, even yeah. though, I mean, I was broke. Yeah. I was broke as shit. Yeah. But I was so content. Yeah. Isn't that, and, uh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, at, at ten months. Yeah, right around the the guy who spoke tonight. Just it was a year of sobriety, and it was he did a really good job. You know, when you got you get that first year, like you you can kind of talk about your journey. You have this moment where you can kind of look back. I remember, and it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Your first year is a big deal, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of tells you it's a big deal. And your first year to me is very uh, it's visceral on one hand that you I remember a lot from my first year. Mm. Cause you kind of wake up. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and in another hand, it's like you're, it wasn't a very emotional time. Cause I felt very numb mm-hmm. in that my life had been mm-hmm. up and down mm-hmm. so radical right. that this felt much more right. <laughs> sane. Yeah. So there's a sanity to it all. But talking about, you know, all the pain that you bring into this program, or at least I brought in right. all the moral bank, you know, the thoughts of being genetically programmed for moral mm-hmm. bankruptcy, mm-hmm. And the, the shame and all this crap that, and you and him articulating this where he's sitting there tonight, he he spoke like a man who was content, you know, mm-hmm. that you can just tell he realized the hundred percent change that his life had taken, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just it's cool to go be reminded, like, oh shit, yeah, that was that transformation from utter chaos, mm-hmm. right, to contentment. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. And you felt it right around there. Yeah, yeah, and, and then of course life happens, and, and then life, and that's it. Once you start yeah, introducing life, yeah, and I was also very, you know, I, was, I had one friend, and I, you know, was doing <laughs> freelance work and didn't have a lot of money, so you have to figure out, you know, yeah, I don't know a lot, and uh, yeah, no, it was good. So keeping it simple is happier. Keeping is it simple, content, yeah, right. Simplify. Simplify. I like that. Compassion, give, serve, something. Serve. Is a contentment thing. Right? Because I think, I mean, honestly, that's, 
gratitude, a perspective. Right. Some kind of something. Gratitude. Yeah, Yeah, and that's gratitude. Yeah. I think those are all good. Gratitude, service. Simplicity. um, Simplicity. Okay, well, that's our path to contentment. (laughs) That's hard. Yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. um, Yeah, that's the, and that's, that is hard. Um, I think the one, those are elements I'm all, I'm trying to figure out how to put back into place, I guess. Yeah. Um, without, I, I hadn't named them all, but yeah, those are probably them. Uh, I definitely have been thinking about service a lot, like something in the real world that I can get out and do that yeah. I feel good about. You know, for a while I was volunteering at NCADA, which is St. Louis's local yeah. chapter, kind of, because I think it's loosely organized of. What's that called? C National Coalition for the of Alcohol National Coalition National I don't know Alcohol and Drugs. (laughs) But the problem is, is the 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 actual national one is NCAAD, and the one here in St. Louis is NCADA. Okay, Um, and they're loosely affiliated. Like one, I think. The local one pays... But it's an advocacy group. It's an advocacy group. To drink less. No, it's actually... Well, it's for alcoholism and addiction support. Gotcha. Um, But, you know, just like everything now, the the focus is all opioids and heroin and... Yeah. um, I thought that the alcoholist mm -hmm. who came on, that stayed with me. Yeah. In the sense of how how like the prediction of alcohol becoming the next smoking mm-hmm. and all that stuff was really it has stated for a couple weeks like is that like i was like wow well, a how destructive alcohol was mm-hmm. if that if all that's true and how m- many much health care costs how many uh, you know just societal costs that mm-hmm. it costs mm-hmm. us through all the things that it affects mm-hmm. which you just don't think about right um and then yeah, and how little how little press that gets. And I'm thinking, is that really going to happen? Is there really going to be, within two or three years, a change in the way we as Americans, or Americans. view, Americans view drinking alcohol? I think, I mean, the timeline definitely seems... Aggressive. Aggressive. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know... I was, uh, what was I reading? I was reading, I think it was just this week. So something on this. That, uh, yeah, that just, well, it was this article called Red Wine Increases Cancer Risk, but 9 out of 10 drinkers are not aware of the dangers. Um, and, and I just read, it was someone today was repeating glass of red wine it's fine for you like it is common knowledge that a glass of red wine every day is totally cool and i don't know if that's true or not well it's not in that like we we talked about this on the episode with the alcoholist who says uh no amount of alcohol is safe because right the the risks don't outweigh the benefits right and there are other ways to get the same benefits like um what is it resveratrol in in the grapes in the wine there are 
plenty of other ways you can get right resveratrol or whatever resveratrol. Yeah, so know. it's it's not the alcohol part right. that is good, right? But they're saying you yeah, drink glass wine the, because you get these grapes. these these things that are good for you, right? In the skin of grapes. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, something like grapes don't even have the most. Like you'd get more if you ate blueberries, right? Right. right. So it has nothing. It's not about the wine drinking wine. Yeah, it's just a way to figure out how to say. Hey, it's, it's okay to drink wine. Campaign by the but, wine industry, uh, I like it. But, well, yeah, and the industry, yeah. any industry, like is going to look for totally a way to say, hey, you should be using our products more, right? Yep. But now, this one fact jumped out at me in this article about the wine. In fact, around twenty-one thousand cancer cases could be prevented in the UK every year if no one drank alcohol. Twenty-one thousand in the UK alone. Wow, every year. Wow, if wow. no one, if you didn't, no one drank alcohol, right? Prevent that. Prevent 21,000 of cases of cancer annually. Wow. Which is pretty insane. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of people. Just in the UK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you talk about... I do think drinking's a new smoking. Okay, you do. I think, I think it's going that way. Okay. You know, in the time frame that um, we talked about uh, that, that episode, a couple episodes back with Scott Stevens, I don't know. I mean, he seems very convinced. No, and I he know. knows more than, than I, I do. I know. Um, so I don't know. Well, I, we'll see. I, you know, um, you know, from a health standpoint, you just, okay. You can keep yourself from getting cancer. I mean, I guess why don't, why wouldn't you? Um, and, but uh, yeah, anyways, that was surprising to yeah. me. It had stuck with me. All these facts about alcohol, and I don't even know. It's funny. I'm I'm a sober guy. I have no desire to drink. Yeah. I'm. I go to meetings. I want other people who have have this disease to go to meetings mm. and find their sobriety. Mm. And yet, I don't know if I how I feel about normal people drinking. <laughs> like I think I'm okay with it. Right. I still I haven't got my head around yeah. the like. I can. I do not want my kids to smoke. I don't know if I feel the same way about them drinking. And I certainly would yeah. much rather them smoke pot than drink. Like, if mm. you're just trying to risk, yeah. if if our goal, because I remember you said this, it's risk whatever that term is. Where, harm? Yeah. Or risk harm, harm reduction. Harm reduction. Harm reduction. In some ways, when you start looking, you know, I want people to get sober and get an A, and I know that works. I mean, I can advocate right. that because it's, it's worked for so many people I know. Having said all that, whatever your journey is, there's a lot to be said about harm reduction. Just tactics right. for harm reduction. Sure, makes sense. Hmm. And I, 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 and drinking, like talking about it, it's like, oh yeah, if we took alcohol away, hmm. there'd be a lot less. But we, we've tried that as a country, mm-hmm. and I don't even, I still can't get my head around that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just for society in general, it's like that's a tough one. And yeah, and to me, it's not, it's not pro- about prohibition. You're right. Right. It's not about prohibition. Like, that's silly. I'm not a prohibitionist, and we I think we've said this, Matt and I were saying it last episode, we're not prohibitionists. Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's reducing the harm. Right. It's, it, as, on society yes. as a whole, right? Yes. It's like, you know, because society pays the price of overindulgence in sort of obvious ways, like, you know, drunk drivers. Yeah. And, but also, you know, when you have when you could prevent twenty one thousand cases of cancer in the UK if they didn't, if nobody drank in the UK, you know, we're all paying that price too. The, so but like, they would 
they would kill. They'd have twenty one thousand deaths for not drinking just by being super angry. In the UK. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um. It's funny. Like I, I was listening to at some. I was James Corden. He was like talking about how mm. in LA, mm. you know, if you drink four glasses of wine, basically they're like ready to put you in rehab. What's mm. wrong with you? If you drink four glasses of wine in the UK, you're the designated That's driver. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. The, the, what was it? Just culturally, I was trying to figure out how I felt about they're celebrating after after the London Bridge attack. Yeah, everybody was celebrating the guy. Did you see the picture of the guy running away with a pint in his hand? No, they were like he represented the best best of England. He's just the spirit of the English was alive and well. Yeah, you know, with this guy running away with a pint in his hand, and part of me, you He's know, sensible is like you no. Know, you know that guy's keeping calm and carrying on. He's yeah. the embodiment of yeah. that. But at the same time, I'm like, is that guy an alcoholic? Yeah. You know, he couldn't leave his pint. Totally. You know. And I, but when I was drinking, I would have totally. I know. I would have been the guy running with my pint. Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand. Percent. I probably would have grabbed two. You know. Totally. It's like <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. I was there. I was there when the uh, subway attacked mm. or the L. What what are they called? The, oh, the tube. tube, yeah, the tube, and the which was so we're in Farringdon Station, and all the stations around us had gotten hit. And you look mm. at it on a map, we were like surrounded, literally. And my boss comes running downstairs. We're surrounded by the enemy. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> and he took the whole company That's to the hilarious. pub, and we went and sat out there. Whatever. It was just funny, yeah. You know, like there's chaos going on around us, and we're gonna go get drunk. stiff upper lip, yeah, yeah, stiff upper lip, and start drinking heavily. It's funny. Yeah, so God love the English. Yeah, God love the Brits. Mm, so I like to drink. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I do think that it's a good time to be getting it. I I I think it's a good time to be getting into non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic beer. I cross my fingers. Little segue. I pray yeah, every for day for those of you that are That's paying a good attention. Time. Jeff's <laughs> right. Jeff's uh, making the move. Making a heavy bet on non-alcoholic a, beer. A hard move into non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, which I enjoy. Um, See, I like the product. Mm-hmm. I like non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beer. So I'm excited for it, personally. Well, you know, and, and the more... I mean, they're they're not here, not St. Louis, not the home of American beer, yeah. you know, essentially, you know. Yeah. Don't... Any crazy craft aficionados don't come down on me. I know. It's yeah. like mass-produced... Shite beer, but also there's a lot of craft breweries here now that have yeah. sprung up. Yeah. But um, done all right. You know there there are other cities with all non-alcoholic like shops now, like selling. Oh yeah, that's all they sell. Yeah, there, I was like, I just saw. There's definitely one in London, I think. Yeah, there's one another one. I just saw in. I feel like it's somewhere in Canada. Yeah, I think you're um, right. Yeah, but. Uh, you know that didn't exist. No, five years ago, ten no, years ago. I know. You know a non a non alcoholic wine and beer shop. I know a non alcoholic. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah, there was one in London, a non alcoholic brewery that had. But no, not just brewery. Oh, a whole shop that shop. that's all they sold of yeah. non alcoholic beer. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Like a non alcoholic liquor store. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, the, I was surprised. There, there are quite a few non-alcoholic beers worldwide. Yeah, every country you went into probably... I mean, Spain probably has 10, 15 yeah. really good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's certainly a, a trend in different places. Yeah, so we'll see if, you know, mm. God willing. 
But I do think big alcohol is not going to go without a fight. No. No. Then they're not. When when they start putting alcohol in water, you know they're not going without a fight. Well, it's funny. I don't it's funny cuz talking to the alcoholologist, drinking has not gone down. Mm-hmm. Like the volume of drinking. Overall. Yeah. yeah, overall. It's just has. And I bet worldwide that's true and so I don't know what that means. Mm. <laughs> if not alcoholic beers up and drinking's up, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't either know. I don't either, I don't either know what that means. No, I because I keep reading things that like millennials drink less. Yeah. So I think that's why big alcohol is doing you know, like hard sodas. You know, when you have yeah. younger drinkers, you want to give them yeah something. Yeah, hard sodas have gone crazy. Easy to craft drink. sodas without alcohol have gone crazy. Lots of brewers are now brewing sodas because right. they have all the equipment, and you can brew sodas in breweries, and they're making all kinds of crazy cool sodas that don't have alcohol in them, just regular sodas, which are cool. But here's what's interesting. Okay. There's another thing I just posted this week, um, and then recovery feed section that uh we're drinking more than twice what experts consider a binge so jeez right wow so even when people even people that are talking about being binge drinkers yeah are probably drinking twice what is actually considered a binge <laughs> by um the national institute on alcohol abuse and alcoholism wow um, and I wonder what that what that number is. Five uh, drinks in an hour. Level one was a standard was standard binge drinking. Okay, which is five to nine drinks for men and four to seven for women in an hour, uh, per, or in a night per occasion. <laughs> is what it says. Five drinks, like come on, people. That's right. like level two was ten to fourteen drinks for men. Yeah, and eight to eleven for women. Level three was 15 or more drinks for men, 12 or more for women. See, Ooh. I mean, I was a... a Level two, three. I was a level two, three. Every time. Perpetual yeah. day in, day out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Session, every session. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think when you binge every day, it's called alcohol. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Okay. What's, and what's crazy is the survey showed that people who'd reached the level three threshold yeah. had higher odds of driving after drinking. Wow. You're more likely to drive, to after, drive level three. after level three. I can totally, I vouch for that. Oh, I remember, I remember lots of nights arguing for a long time with people that I could drive and them not getting in my car and just saying, fuck off, we're taking our own way home and me driving home yeah. like an asshole and then waking up the next day, oh, dude. Not remembering, oh, like that's cringeworthy. That's just cringeworthy shit. That is cringeworthy shit. I well, like I that. mean, there was a period, though, when my tolerance was so high and everybody hung out with, I don't know if they were, I mean, at the time I thought of them as, I didn't think, I don't think I actually thought of them as lightweights. They just didn't have a tolerance that I did. Yeah. So, and we've probably talked about this on the show before, to them, to from their perspective, I wasn't as drunk as they were, yeah. even so though I'd had like, the most to drink. <laughs> right. So I was the designated yeah. driver, even though I was... <laughs> The one by far done, the drunkest, yeah. but you were the. Yeah, but they were all the, like sloppy, stumbling, yeah. and but I was just like holding it together, and I'm like, I got this with one eye closed, you know. Um, so fright. But uh, yeah, That's so. Um, I'm glad. I, I'm glad we talked about um, our route to happiness, though, on this show. I uh, am too. To uh, con- to content. I got it. contentment. That's been That's my it. okay. My so, my word. You know, people get take a, get a word of the year. That's been my word of recovery and sobriety. That 
you know, I, I forget to hold it in front of yeah. me because that should be the carrot that yeah. that drives everything I do. Yeah. Um, we, well, let's go to this Buddhist meeting next week. Yeah. Because I think that's what they're about too. <laughs> yes. Let's go, Matt and I, I. I couldn't last week because I had my yes daughter. Yes. Um, and it's my next, wife was out of town. Okay. Do we have a guest next Wednesday? Not yet. Oh yeah. I'm still working on it. Okay. If we don't, let's go to that meeting the, on Wednesday night. Yeah, and then we'll come and, and then do come the show. back. Let's do that. Okay. Um, That'll be fun. And until then, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, thank you, listener, uh, listeners, listener, listeners, um, for showing up tonight. Sorry, we're uh, making it a bit of a short one. We start a little bit early. Yeah. And we're, we did start. We were very early. Yeah, tonight. we were on time. I think it took everybody by surprise. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Either it'll probably, it'll probably be the Buddhist meeting now that I think about it. Why not? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, it's right here in, in uh, WG. If anyone wants yeah. to join us at Webster Girls for the Buddhist meeting, we'll be there next week. Next Wednesday. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Night.